0: Welcome to Money Savage, Savage Approach Personal Finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome today's guest, a strong and powerful John Madison. John, are you ready to do this?
1: Absolutely, sir. Thank you so much.
0: Yeah, excited to have you on. John is a CPA. He is an MSPFP, a CRPC, and an AWMA. He's a personal finance counselor, speaker, author, with Dayspring Financial Ministry, excited to have you on, John. Tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do.
1: Awesome. Well, again, thank you for having me on. Uh, as you you introduced me there, I am a CPA. I was blessed to be able to retire early uh, from full time work, at least uh, when I was forty nine. That was a few years ago, not too long ago, but a <laughs> few years ago, and. Um, you know, it was it was an interesting time in life because it, it, it obviously it's it's great to be able to retire early. But I think one of the things that I, I did a really poor job of uh, through my career was really defining what's next. You know, it was always, you know, building the career and um, I, I, I'm self-employed uh, for the last 20 years. So it was always kind of building my book of business um, and, and didn't really. Well, I did a poor job. Let's just be honest. I did a poor job of what comes next. Because mm. it's kinda like you climb that ladder and you get to the top and it's like there's nothing there. Right. <laughs> because you, you don't really you, know what you, it is that you're supposed to be doing. And uh, you know, I certainly knew that I or believed yeah, as a Christian, I certainly believed that God didn't bring me to that point in order to just sit on my front porch. I, I was was forty nine and felt like I, I still had something to contribute, <laughs> but really didn't know what what to do or how to do it. And The last number of years when I was still working full time, I kind of got into personal financial planning as a volunteer kind of thing. (laughs) This is not a a second career for me. It wasn't something that I really wanted to to do professionally, if you will. Um, But it was something that I enjoyed doing and kind of utilizing some of the, the, I guess, knowledge I had picked up. My my training was as a CPA. So, my personal financial training was a school of hard knocks kind of thing and learning what worked and what didn't work. And so, as that kind of fleshed out, once I retired full time, uh, I did go back to school uh, just for personal enrichment. I got a master's degree in personal financial planning and uh, really tried to start fleshing out okay, what is it that I believe? How can I. because my, my my most the the audience that I wanted to speak to was not the guy that had 20 million dollars right. in an investment portfolio was just looking for a hot stock tip I, that's it was more financial stewardship financial management that was of more interest to me and I really enjoyed speaking with and counseling uh the the common man if you will you know that the folks that are whether they're single or married have kids or early in their career later in their career just I wanted to be someone that people could come to without fear of trying to sell something. Um, I, I don't sell anything i don't I don't manage money for people or get referral fees from anything like that. Nothing wrong with that, of course. it's just was it wasn't what I felt yeah. that I was supposed to be doing and so I, I really tried to synthesize and, and and get into a very manageable amount of content what it was that I believed were the things that folks needed to focus on as they're managing whatever resources they have, whether it's a lot or little, uh, to do it well. Because there's a lot of voices, as you know, there's a lot of voices out there and a lot of conflicting opinion about how to do different things. And so I guess I'm just another voice out there. People can can listen to me as well as listen to other folks. But I I just wanted to kind of get my voice out there, again, from the perspective of just teaching people how to do this. The decisions of what they do are all theirs. You know, I don't, like I said, I don't manage money for anybody. I don't have any agenda, uh, other than just here's some sound practice. Uh, it is, it is based on the Bible. It is based on what God says we are to manage his resources, but all of my clients have not been Christians. And, yeah. and, and, you know, this is not a theological lesson. And I, I, so I don't talk about, um, uh, necessarily Christian things as much as as well as people uh, as well as as long as they understand it's going to come from that perspective. I'm not going to give advice that would contradict what God says, um, and so I put all of that together and I decided to self-publish a book called The Student Plan, and it was it was a it was a way to hopefully mass market uh, or or make something that was very low cost that people could put into their hands and read and understand kind of the perspective that I have on things. Nice. Well, so that was kind of a long winded answer yeah, be- <laughs> to what your question was. It may be more than what you wanted, but that's, so that's, that's what I'm doing now. And I, I'm meeting with folks, uh, you Skype. Uh, so I, I, counsel people across the United States and even in a couple of foreign countries if I had a chance to, to talk with them. Uh, and so it's just a matter of, of trying to educate. That's what I enjoy doing.
0: Well, amen. I, I appreciate that. When you were a CPA, were you in industry or were, were, were you in practice?
1: Well, I started off in public accounting, not surprisingly, like most people do coming out of college. And then I went to work for a client um, after oh, a couple of years of public, about 10 years of private accounting. And at that point in time, I decided to to go off on my own. Uh, I worked with small businesses. I didn't do individual tax returns. Uh, in today's language, it would probably be more like a fractional controller kind of, of position. Uh, they didn't call it that 20 years ago, yeah. but that's that's basically what it was. So I had a, a small client list Small working with small businessmen, uh entrepreneurs kind of guys. Got it. And was really just offering kind of turnkey accounting services for businesses that really couldn't afford um or didn't have enough work even to to have a CPA on staff, but needed a level of work more than a little bit higher than, you know, a bookkeeper or something along cool. those lines.
0: Yeah. So so you you're you're able to retire and then you went back and actually got your master's degree in personal financial planning and now you've been you've you've, you've actually been, been doing the work of helping individuals, um, which which I, I, I know how valuable that is and I also know how challenging it can be. What has yeah. what has surprised you the most with with with, with just, just in general?
1: Well, I, 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 honestly, um, the thing that has surprised me the most is, and it, I, I, well, I think the problem is there's so many voices out there. Mm-hmm. It's really breaking through to folks to take this stuff seriously. Mm-hmm. And, um, we all, we all have made money mistakes. Um, you know, none of us are immune <laughs> to, sure. to having done that. And a lot of people will complain about their finances. I I'm, guilty as charged from time to time about the way things have, have worked out. Um, but getting folks to pay attention to this has been surprisingly challenging. Mm -hmm. And 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 part of it, I think is because I I am, I'm a finance nerd. So I enjoy talking to folks like yourself. Not I'm not calling you a finance nerd, maybe you are, (laughs) (laughs) but you know, we can talk about this stuff because we have a mutual interest in it. That's right. But, but getting folks to really pay attention, um, and how simple, simple changes that they can make can have a dramatic impact in their financial success over time. This really is not complicated. And maybe it's a function of so many voices out there that make it or make it seem complicated for folks that aren't financial, don't have that financial background. Uh, they tend to think that there's some secret sauce out there. and There really isn't. Yeah. Uh, at least my experience has mm-hmm. been that it's not. It's, it's a lot of good decisions over time and then taking time to get there. You're not going to get rich overnight. Uh, At least that's been my experience. Mm -hmm. No, for Um, sure. And and so, but it it starts with a thousand little decisions that you have to make and paying attention to this stuff.
0: And it's, it's, it all sounds easy, but does hard. And, and yes, I think that when we hear so much of it, um, it maybe violates our planning tolerance that I'm just not going to do anything it's gonna stay doing what I've always done because this is just sort of the orbit I'm in. Um, yes. What what are some of those little things that, are maybe, maybe some of the top things that you see and say? Okay, if people could really just change these couple of things, that would make such a huge difference.
1: Absolutely. Well, and, and that's that's kind of the outline of the book because what I wanted to do with the book was to to walk through these these areas that I think people need to address. And we can go through those very, very quickly if you'd like. Sure. They're the kind of the big topic kind of mm-hmm. things. The first thing, and I did it off the, again, the name of the book is a steward plan and I did it off the letter steward. So there, there were seven of them and, and I kind of just walked through each uh, assigning a, a, a topic to each letter. So it starts off with the S, which is to set financial goals. And it, it's amazing how many folks that I talk with that. And honestly, this is, calling the kettle black here because I'd set financial goals, but I really didn't set my personal goals for what I wanted to do. Like we talked about earlier, what I wanted to do after I I had some measure of financial success. But I think we have to start off with where do we want to go? Finances are so easy to manage month to month that as long as you paid your rent and you've, you've, you've made the minimum payment on your credit cards and whatnot, you feel like it was a good month. It's, it's hard to really get to those long-term goals unless you take the time to define them up front. So, take a little bit of time to set those goals. Mm-hmm. The, the next step, um, which this this is the one step that does relate specifically to Christianity is to tithe cheerfully. And this would really apply to any other giving that you want to do if you're not a Christian, but you, you do uh, give, is to have the right attitude. Uh, again, this is certainly specific to Christianity of tithing that God, God wants us to be cheerful, not look at What we're contributing to our church to be uh, an obligation, just a bill that we have listed on our on our debts, if you will, Uh, but to do it cheerfully. Again, I think that speaks to having the right attitude about your money, Mm -hmm. Uh, that it is a blessing and uh, that you have a responsibility, but you do it cheerfully, not grudgingly as far as giving. Next is to, and people don't like this, is to establish a spending plan. You can call it a budget. You can call it whatever you want to. I I tried to make it sound better by calling it a spending plan instead of a budget. But I do think it is so important. It maximizes the value of each dollar that you have available, whether, again, whether it's a lot or a little. I don't think you you ever income out of having to budget. You can make a million dollars a year, and you should still budget. In fact, if anything – the the requirement to budget may even go up yeah. because you have so many more resources that you're responsible for. And, and that doesn't mean rice and beans. I think a lot of times people think spending plan or budget, they think no fun or you know, I can't eat out. I gotta eat, you know, terrible food and all yeah. that. Not at all. If eating out is important to to you, put that as a part of your budget put vacations as a part of your budget. Now if you're drowning in debt, you may have to set some of those aside temporarily uh, in order to get your debts paid off. But uh, again, a spending plan is just making a plan, prioritizing. That's all we're trying to do here, not take all the fun out of life. Yeah. Uh, the next oh, is John if if the next if, is if, the W. Oh, if sorry. I may Um
0: You were 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 you somebody who successfully budgeted throughout from from whatever age up till 49 or 50 yeah
1: <laughs> probably the well again I had the school of hard knocks so I, I learned the hard way had a lot of debt yeah. earlier in my career just did just did a lot of bad decisions made a lot of bad decisions probably the last uh 10 15 years now I've uh, been faithful budgeter uh, actually my wife it's funny she does the day, she does the monthly budget I'm here I'm the CPA the numbers guy but, so does but, mine. But she does she does the budget and you know I handle more of the investment side of things and she handles the the monthly budget um, preparation. But you know she prepares it and then we talk about it together. It's not it's not her responsibility. It's not my responsibility. It's our responsibility. But somebody has to put pen to paper. Mm-hmm. And, and and you know we're very old school. We still do it literally on a piece of paper with a pencil. Um, but of course you know if you're an experienced budgeter then then you know as well that the vast majority of it is a repeat. That's from right. from month to month. Mm-hmm. Um, and once we got over that hump, the first few months were difficult. I'm going to be honest with you. It, yeah. it was a difficult process those first few months. Mm-hmm. But now we spend very little time on budgeting because we, we've kind of got this system down. A lot of folks, I think, bail out on it after just a couple of months because it's hard i i'm not it, it's hard and the several times we had to kind of at the beginning it's like okay this isn't going well let's take a break and we'll come back and, and discuss this but one of the great things about it that and i've seen this in coaching when i've coached counts uh, uh, couples it strengthens marriages yeah because you begin to understand how your spouse looks at money And and money is an important concept in a relationship. It is. we like like to talk about love and all this. And that's important as well, of course. But money is an important topic. And understanding uh, how how your spouse thinks about it is so important. And I know I learned a lot about how my wife looks at money. And she learned about how I do. And now it makes it much easier for me to understand what's important to her in the budget. And for her to understand what's important to me in the budget, and so we can both give. And that's again, this is part of the relationship of, of a marriage. A strong marriage is, is elevating your spouse above yourself. So I want to put things in there that I know are important to her, and she's the same for me. So it, it's it's just a, it's a wonderful tool if you stick with it. But it, it's it's going to take you three, four, five months. Has been my experience mm-hmm. before you begin to get that efficiency down was that y'all's experience as well
0: thousand percent and i still don't like it <laughs> I, yeah. I, I, I i i still don't like going through the the exercise and there's probably a lot of deep-seated uh just issues that that that, that i need to work on but i think everything you just described is of such immense value if mm-hmm. you can if people fail at most stuff because they stop doing it because when stuff gets hard we pull the rip cord and 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 we bail out on it but yes. if you can stick with it and if you can go through this exercise like you've been talking about it will not only have the effect of you understanding your cash flow and where all your money's going but you'll deepen the relationship with your significant other and have a better understanding and everything you just described so i mean what a powerful thing and if you can get that part right, I mean, you can get a successful relationship right, and you can get your cash flow under control. Man, that's you you really got that foundation laid.
1: Absolutely, absolutely, and, and that and that spending plan I think then kicks off or or sets you up to really do efficiently with the remaining. Things that that are on this list, which the next one is to wipe out consumer debt. Mm. Again, the spending plan maximizes your the available cash flow. If you have a lot of consumer debt, to be able to wipe that out and eliminate that, and and, and I'm I'm talking about even zero percent uh, debt. I think a lot of times we try to high finance ourselves into justifying uh, <laughs> <For> <laughs> you sure. know these debt payments. And, and even 0% debt. Think about what's going on in this country for the last six months or nine months now, I guess it's been. And uh, how many folks who were under financial stress with income reduction or job loss, you still have to make those 0% payments. And if that payment wasn't there, how much easier would your financial life have been yeah. if you didn't have to make those those payments? And a lot of those financing terms, not to beat that up too much, but a lot of those financing terms, if you ever miss a payment, they go all the way back to the beginning and recalculate it at extremely high interest rates. Hmm. So there could be a huge impact from missing a simple payment. So I'm just a big advocate of eliminating that consumer debt and just not having that as a part of your financial planning. No doubt. Uh, Then the next step is to the a, which is to accumulate diversified wealth over time. And I wanted to make sure I put in there over time. This is not get rich quick. Mm -hmm. Uh, It takes a lot of time of consistently saving Even when you don't want to, even when 2008 happens and the market drops or earlier this year when the market dropped so fast, so fast, so far, uh, if anything, that's the ideal time to continue your investment strategy, your your regular investments, your dollar cost averaging, you're taking advantage of those, those deep dips in in the market. But I, and I, I get it, I understand human nature, just because I've got a plan in place doesn't mean that I don't get scared. When the market drops like as fast as it did, but well, I guess in March, April, or I'm sorry, February, March, it's scary. And I'm not going to sit here and say, "Oh, it didn't bother me a bit." Of course it did. N- nobody likes seeing their balances go down. But that's again where setting your goals, having your plan in place, is it's it helps calm those waters because you understand the longer term perspective of where you're trying to get financially. And today's dip, really, you you won't really think about it too much you know how, how bad now was 2001's dip yeah i mean it, it well the 2000 2001 both of those dips yeah they're still in my memory bank yeah they're still there but I, I don't lose any sleep over them now obviously so in the big perspective what happened earlier this year is a blip it's a well really it's a buy, buying opportunity mm-hmm. so stay on your plan look at the long term goals uh, the next is to remove unnecessary risk. And here we're talking about having a um, an emergency fund. Again, how nice would that have been over these last nine months? If you know you did lose your job, I had a reduction in income to have six months of an emergency fund set aside. Yeah. Uh, it's making sure you have the right insurances in, in place, you know, things like that. So there's things that we can't we can't eliminate all risk. But there are things that we can do to reduce the financial risk in our lives. So I think we need to look at that. And then the last thing is to develop an estate plan. Nobody wants to talk about estate planning. Uh, nobody likes to talk about doing their wills and dying and all of that. But I hate to tell you, you're going to. <laughs> you know, We're all going to at some point. It is in
0: an time. inevitability.
1: Absolutely. And, and as a financial steward and looking at, at my management as a stewardship, that doesn't end when I die. I think it, it, it's it's then the, the, the final – my final step of my stewardship is making sure that those assets, whatever assets I have left, are sent in a responsible way so they become a blessing to people and to charities and not being a curse. you know Don't leave money unprotected to folks that it would turn into a curse instead of a blessing. And, and so going through the process of making sure you have that done is another, I think, important financial step.
0: I love it. Well, John Savage nation is ready for your difference making tip. What do you have for them?
1: Well, I think it's to, again, let's, let's tie back to current events and that is to learn from the COVID experience, what you've, what you've gone through financially, whether it's been a little blip financially or a massive loss of income or whatever it may have been. Don't let this pass by, um, and it may t- maybe you have to find a new job or something like that. So it may not be something you can do today. But don't let it pass by without making the changes that you need to in your financial life, so that when the next crisis occurs, and and I don't want to be pessimistic, but the next crisis will occur, whether it's at a national level or a global level like this one was, or just a personal level with a job loss or medical diagnosis that's 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 bad. Um, don't let this pass by without having learned what you can to not be caught unprepared financially.
0: Well, I think that is great stuff. That definitely gets, come on, come on. We need to strengthen ourselves for sure. Well, John, thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you?
1: Well, the best place to go would be dayspringfm.com, that's as, as in Dayspring Ministry.com. Uh, that, that talks about the financial counseling. Again, there's no cost to any of that. Uh, so uh, if, if someone wants to reach out via email, my, even my phone number's on there. They can certainly do that. Give me a call or send me an email uh, about uh, trying to get together and talk. Nothing's going to be sold to anybody or anything like that. So that's probably the best place for folks to go.
0: Excellent. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show John your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to dayspringfm.com. Check out all the great resources. Thanks again, John.
1: Thank you, George. I appreciate the time.
0: And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together. Spending too much time on social? Is your daily screen time over two hours? Are you a little bit overweight? Not saving enough money? any or all of these are familiar. Strive could be for you. The Strive 2-week online bootcamp will help you to detox your mind, body and money, getting you on your way to a happier, healthier, wealthier and more confident life. Go to strivedetox.com, S T R I V E D E T O X.com and get your mind, body and money right.